Well, I'm going to go ahead and introduce myself. My name is Pepper Pursley. Um, I'm a nine-year-old journalist, and um, I really wanted to interview you, firstly, because you're a Black woman, and I am amazed to see a Black woman in your role. Um, and I was just, I wanted to learn more about you, and I was so interested. And so that's how this whole interview came along, and I'm super excited to be talking with you today. Well, I am super excited to be talking to you because I have to say, I am so impressed by you because you have not let anything stop you from doing what you want to do. And that is impressive to me. Thank you. Wow. Hi, everybody. This is Pepper Pursley, and welcome to this episode of Dish with Pepper. I'm here today with a super special guest, Maya Wiley, who is running for mayor of New York City. Thank you so much for being on my show, Miss Wiley. Are you ready to dish with Pepper? I am here to dish with Pepper. <laughs> Amazing. Can you share your story of how you got interested in politics? Oh, that's a long story, but I'll tell the short version. I was, what I have always been interested in is justice and fairness and people being treated well and being treated right. And that's why I went to law school. That's why I became a civil rights lawyer. Um, I could say more about that, but the real bottom line is after having done that racial justice work for so long, I got to go into city government as the first black woman to be a council to a New York City mayor. I was the first. Now I'm not, that was exciting, but the real importance of it was being able to go into government to try to get more done for more people. And I think um, even then I didn't know I was gonna run for public office. But you know, Donald Trump became president. And that said to me and a lot of other women, as we know of all races, well, okay then, we have to start stepping up and we have to start recognizing our leadership and being willing to say, we're leaders who should lead government or else we will have the wrong leaders leading us. And that's really what got me into it. Well, I'm very excited that you took that stand um, and I'm excited to see you in this position. And I'm so excited to see what you do as a candidate running for mayor. Um, and speaking of running for mayor, why are you running for mayor New specifically of New York City? Well, look, you know, I love this city. I have only ever wanted to live in New York City. Even when I was a little kid, I was born in this state and we lived here when I was a baby, but I grew up in Washington, DC because my parents moved there when I was two and a half. But I knew I wanted to be in New York because New York is a city that has everybody, Pepper. I mean, we have folks, we have 800 languages spoken. And we have folks from all over the world we have folks who have been, been done everything. <laughs> you know, we've got artists, we've got musicians, we've got you know incredible people. And we're very diverse racially. Two thirds of this city are people of color. That's black, that's Latino, that's Asian. We have the, we have the biggest native American population in the city in New York City. And that was really exciting to me. And one of the reasons that it was important to me to 
think about being mayor and finally decided to run was that at the same time, you know, I lived here because I thought that would never change. But when my own daughter, who's, a, who's an artist, she loves to draw and she wants to possibly do that for her career. She, she understood that, you know, she wouldn't be able to afford very high rent, that she would need to be able to afford rent that maybe is $600 a month. And that that's not what rents are in New York City. And that so many people who live here can't afford it. And so if we're going to hold on to what we love about New York City, about the fact that we have everybody here, uh, people from all over the world, people who are, look different, we're only going to do that if we start to make it more affordable. Uh, and that's a big reason I'm running, because I don't want my city to become something where we get pushed out. I want it to stay the diverse place that it is. Well, guess what? New York City also has a nine-year-old journalist. Um, yes, um, and um, a powerful nine-year-old journalist. Thank you. Um, and walking down the streets for me every day and seeing so many different people, such an amazing experience. And so it means a lot to hear you um, as somebody who's trying to keep New York City that way. So thank you. Why are you so passionate about racial equity? I know you mentioned that you have a history of um, wanting justice and knowing that all people deserve justice, but why is that? Why are you so passionate about that? You know, because it's my experience in this country is it doesn't treat us all fairly. You know, when I was a little kid in DC, I went to a black segregated public school and it did not have enough money. It did not have enough resources. Our classrooms were overcrowded. I was at the top of my class in second grade and I was two grade levels behind in school. And that wasn't because my parents didn't do everything that parents were supposed to do. It's because the system was broken. And the other thing I experienced in addition to that, like my best friend in my public school, Charlene, and she was my best friend in school and she was also my best friend after school and on weekends, right? She was the person I went out to find every day when I wanted to play. And one day I couldn't find her. And my mother had to explain to me that the landlord had upped their rent. And her mother, who worked as a cashier at our neighborhood grocery store, and I knew her mother worked long hours and her mother worked hard. And her mother could barely afford the rent before the landlord raised it. And all I know is that my mother told me they had to move and I didn't get to say goodbye. I don't know where they ended up, but that was the way a lot of people in my neighborhood when I was, when I was a little kid got treated, right? And no matter how hard they worked and no matter what they did, they were never treated with dignity. They were not earning the money they deserved. They had schools, schools that were busted up and broken and that wasn't right. And those were my earliest experiences. So I knew I was lucky. I knew I'd been given much. And my parents told me, <laughs> you know, when you've been given much, much is expected. And I just didn't, I wanted to do everything I could to make sure no other little girls that look like me or Charlene got that kind of treatment. Thank you for sharing that story. I know it must've been hard as a kid to go through something like that. Um, but thank you for being so open about sharing that. Can you talk about your gun violence pre pre prevention plan? 
Yes, I can. I'm really proud of it. Not because, not, I wish we didn't need it, right? But we have so many young people who are being shot in their neighborhoods. And a friend of mine had his nephew gunned down on October 22nd. And he, I had already been in far too many rallies and, and, and peace demonstrations around gun violence. And the community, the folks were saying, we're not getting enough attention to these issues. We're not feeling like the city is taking it seriously enough. And so we decided it would be the first proposal we would put out would be on gun violence because our communities were demanding it. But we did it by talking to people. We talked to people who had lost a family member to gun violence. We talked to people who were doing community-based work. Uh, we talked to experts, we read the research. And so what we decided to do was what everything tells us to do if we pay attention. And that is support communities and their wisdom and expertise to figure out what they need. Because what people, including my friend who lost his nephew said was, we want more money for our schools. Our gun violence goes up because our kids don't have opportunities because we don't have mental health and trauma informed care because we don't support kids. And it's true. The research says if, if, if you can't, you know, if you don't have social mobility, if you don't have an ability to make your life better for yourself, folks are more likely to pick up an illegal gun. So we said, let's make it easier to get a job. We did three things. We we're gonna beef up summer youth employment. We're gonna organize and orient uh, our public dollars around the community-based services and supports that help folks. We're going to also say communities know what works for them and what they need. So we would create a participatory justice fund. Have you heard of participatory budgeting? No. Well, that means you actually, as a city, say, here's some money, community, you vote on what it should be used for. And so we can do that on justice and say, here are communities that have a lot of gun violence. Here's a pot of money, and you get to say what it's used for. So the community chooses. So the community chooses because so many times our communities have done amazing things like violence interruption, like school scholarships, like mentorship programs, like figuring out how to give kids, you know, opportunities that they're not, that their parents might not be able to give them, but the community organizes it. And that's what makes communities strong. And one of the things city government can do is be an ally and a partner to communities and empower people to keep innovating and solving their problems there's a lot of amazing stuff that communities do. Wow, thank you for explaining that. Um, and that just makes so much sense now that I hear like what it means and what you're doing. Um, and it's, it's so smart to let the community that is having these issues of gun violence to choose what they do with the money versus making the decision for them. So thank you for sharing what that means. And thank you for having this idea and doing what you're doing again. Um, and you mentioned that school is something that is really important for children and their opportunities. And I also saw on your website that you put education as one of your top priorities in your campaign. Why are you so focused on education? 
because we don't have a system that serves our kids well. <laughs> and, you know, it's just that simple. You know, when I, my experience in public school was that um, we didn't get what we needed. And it wasn't that the kids did not deserve to get what they needed, right? It was that we just didn't get it. And when I saw my best friend, Charlene, you know, when, when I said I was two years behind grade level in second grade, she couldn't read at all. And I knew that she was really smart. So I knew if she couldn't read, it wasn't her fault. It was something wasn't happening that she needed. And I suspect that she had a learning disability that nobody diagnosed. Because if you know a kid has a learning disability, it's not that they're not smart and it's not that they can't learn. It's that you have to teach differently, right? And sometimes one size does not fit all. And so thinking about our school system is one that meets all the different sizes of our kids in school. That really says, we believe every single one of our kids can learn and that we have to give them what they need in order that they will. So that's why it's so important. And in a time of COVID, as we saw, we even have kids that couldn't get online to do the online learning. That wasn't their fault because we hadn't figured out a way to make sure they could. And so that's why I make it a top priority because we know that if you can't get a good education, there's so many other opportunities you can't get. And that's not fair. So we have to make it fair. For most of my childhood, I've been lucky enough to go to independent schools where there are more resources and we get iPads that we take to and from school every day. Um, and so hearing you talk about what it's like to have a different perspective, um, I think was really important for me to hear. Um, so th thank you for, I, mean, I keep saying thank you, but thank you for, for doing that and having that as one of your top priorities. Cause I, as a, as a, I, as a student, haven't had those those issues because luckily the schools that I've gone to have had more resources and have been able to have iPads and technology and STEAM programs. Yeah. Why are your principles like fairness, equity, and justice important to you and your campaign? And how do they affect, and how do those principles affect New Yorkers? You know, they're important because we're people. All of us are people. And we have to be valued and we have to value each other. You know, if we're not willing to be fair to each other, if we're not willing to say we all deserve justice, if we're not willing to say, you know, we're all, we're all equally deserving, then we don't really have a city that works, you know, because then we have things like people getting arrested and for maybe things they shouldn't be arrested for. Then we have a city where we have far too many people who maybe don't have a job uh, because they're not treated as someone who should have a job. It's why we have schools that sometimes don't work for our kids. Why would people are homeless? Because we're not willing sometimes to do what we need to do to make sure everybody has a home. And that's, that's, not, a, that's not a city that works for everybody, right? And most of us don't, don't feel good when we see people who are homeless. We certainly don't think people should be unemployed. Uh, we certainly think our schools should work. So I think it's actually values we all have. The question is, how do we make those values real for people? How do we actually make their lives better? 
And that's the job of city government. So as a campaign, what we look at is what can we do better so that more people have a good life, have the life they deserve, have the dignity they deserve, just like you. Like, so it's, I'm really glad that you have an iPad. I'm really glad that you go to a school that has art <laughs> and music and that's the right thing. So all our kids need that, right? And that's the kind of thing that we have to try to do. And it matters because every single person matters. Yeah, I've met a lot of kids at camps and things who don't have the opportunities they probably should. Um, and it's just, it's hard to see people like walking down the streets who are homeless and knowing that you want to do something. But as a kid, I don't have money in my pockets that I can help. And so because you're doing the work that you're doing and other people are as well, I hope that I I will be able to, well, hope at some point, of course, I'll have money in my pockets to be able to give to those people, but maybe I'll be able to see less of those people on the streets um, and let and see and hear about less kids who have no, don't have the opportunities that I have. You know what, though, Pepper, you're powerful because you have a platform and you're using it. So even, even kids can do a lot and you're showing that. I'm actually pretty inspired by you. Thank you. What are the challenges that come with running a campaign during this pandemic? Being able to be with people. You know, one of the most important things is to meet people because it's people who decide who leads them and that's the right thing. If people should decide for themselves who their leaders are. And like most people, I'm the same way. I don't want to vote for someone I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a feeling for, and I don't believe in. And that really requires seeing people. And that's hard in a pandemic, at least in the summer, right? When we were able to be outside more, there was a lot of opportunities to meet with people. It's getting harder now that it's getting colder. And now that COVID rates are going back up, but we're doing it virtually. You know, we're doing things like having this conversation with you, but we're also having people's assemblies. And I hope that your viewers who live in New York also think about joining our people's assemblies because that's opportunities to, for me to listen because uh, the point isn't for me to talk, it's to have New Yorkers talk about what they care about, what they want the next administration to do, what solves our problems because it really is our residents, it's our people who have the best ideas and also know what their most important needs are. So we're at least able to do that and that's a good thing. Um, just for me, because I'm very interested in this now, and for um, all our viewers, can you tell us where we can find these? Absolutely. So if you go to our website, mayawileyformayor.com, that's M-A-Y-A-W-I-L-E-Y formayor.com, there's a place where you can sign up to get the updates on People's Assemblies. And we're having one on Monday night at 7 p.m. And that one's going to be on bringing arts and culture back to New York City. Um, sometimes we have topics like that. And sometimes we just leave it wide open and people can say what's important to them. This particular one on Monday night's our next one and it's on arts and culture. And Javier Munoz, who was Hamilton in the play Hamilton, <laughs> is also going to be there. 
And he's a friend and a wonderful human being, and he might even sing. Um, I'm a big Hamilton fan, so that just got me more interested in going there. Um, so thank you, and I hope um, so all the people who are watching this tune into that, um, especially Hamilton fans, because one of my favorite characters is Alexander Hamilton, and all his songs and rapping is amazing. So um, I would love it if he would sing in that. What did you learn from being Bill de Blasio's formal chief counsel? I learned the city government can do more to make people's lives better. And that was an important lesson. And I was really proud to get to do some of that work. And I like, we got every single uh, apartment in Queensbridge houses, public housing, free broadband so that folks could get online even if they couldn't afford to pay for it. That's the kind of thing the government can do more of. And one of the things I also learned is you need leaders who will push to do more and push government to do more because there's a lot it can do. There's a lot of challenges, but there's a lot, lot it can do. And that's what I learned. And that was an exciting lesson. Um, I'm glad you learned that because now you can use that that lesson and that platform to do amazing things for the city. So I'm really glad that you learned that. How do you balance your campaigning and just having time with your family to be like a normal human, I guess? Yeah, it's not easy, <laughs> but one thing is family dinners. So we try to sit down and have dinner together every night, no matter what. And my st the staff and the people who work on the campaign are great because they try to make sure we always have that time. Um, and sometimes we plan in advance certain things. I mean, like Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah. <laughs> we, we celebrate a lot of things in my house. And, you know, we make sure we protect those. Um, and I think, you know, one thing that's true of COVID since we're all home is at least it gives us ways to see each other through the day when we have some free time. So that's a good thing. But it is hard. I'm not going to lie. It is hard because it is hard work running for public office and that's how it should be, because you should have to earn people's support. And I agree with that and support that. And I'm lucky because, you know, my kids are now 20 and 17. Uh, so, you know, we talked about it before I ran for office. I asked them how they felt about it because it would impact them. And they were very supportive and they have been very supportive and I'm lucky to have them. Um, I honestly also have had the benefit of like being at home because I after when I have breaks at school for the five minutes instead of just sitting there and reading my book I go run back and give my parents a hug and so that just brightens up my day so I'm glad you touched on that. Um, three more questions for you um, starting with how do you so, sorry that was the last question starting with who are some of the, your personal role models. Oh, there's so many. I mean, I'm a huge Michelle Obama fan. I'm not gonna lie. She is fire. Uh, I'm, you know, Shirley Chisholm passed away, but I actually think that I've learned a lot both from her words and her lessons and her leadership. Um, so those are two, but I've also been fortunate, you know, my parents were role models to me. They really were. And in a lot of ways, they were my most important role models. Um, both my father who died when I was nine 
and also my mother who really was probably one of the most amazing people I've ever met. And I say that because it's just true. <laughs> I loved her obviously dearly, but you know, the strength of showing the love that she showed uh, after my father died, she quit her job and hung out a consulting shingle, which was a brave thing to do as a woman back in 1973 so that she could stay at home with us you know, be home when we came home from school because we had suffered such a big loss and trauma. And she was just always there for us, but she was always, you know, she was kind and smart, but she was also fierce about justice. And it was really important to me to have parents who showed me that you could laugh and have fun at the same time that you fight for what's right, you know, and that you can enjoy life even when it's unfair and confront it some fairness, but you can still love people. You can still have people, you can still love life. And they, they showed me both those things and I'm really grateful for that. Um, I am also a big Michelle Obama and Shirley Chisholm fan. So I agree with you. And by the, by the sound of how you just described your mom, I think I would be a fan of her too. Well, she would love you. <laughs> she would be very impressed with you. <laughs> What message do you want to send to the children of New York City? That you are everything. You are everything. You're the most precious, the most important, every last one of you, and, and you're powerful. And when you use and show your power, and I've seen kids in the city do it. You know, when I, I served on a task force, we invited high school and middle school students in and they told us what they wanted us to do for schools and they were powerful. So all I would say is know your power. I know sometimes it's hard because you got adults constantly telling you what to do, but you have a voice and using it is everything because there's so much wisdom that I have heard from people who are much younger than me and not fully grown. And so I just want to say thanks and keep doing it. What advice is that? Um, I take that personally, but I'm also glad that that's going to be able to be be shared. And so other kids can hopefully be empowered by what you just said. And one last question. If people want to support your campaign or learn more about you, where should they go? They should go to mayawileyformayor.com. M-A-Y-A-W-I-L-E-Y formair.com. And we would love to have everyone's engagement, whether that's donating, whether that's volunteering, or whether that's showing up and coming and being participants in the People's Assembly. And you don't even have to support me to come to a People's Assembly, because the, that, the point is about the people. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, and I'll definitely um, put that put the link to your website um, when I post this on my Instagram. So everybody can um, not have to type up all those letters so they can just click on it. Um, and thank can you so I, much. Oh. Can I ask you a question before? Absolutely. What does it mean to you to have a black woman as mayor? Um, well, 
I've talked about this a lot that being able to see myself and people with bigger platforms means a lot. Um, that's part of the reason I focused a lot of my attention of co on covering the WNBA, um, which is a league full of powerful women. Um, that's 80% black women. And so just seeing them stand up for what they believe in was really amazing. But um, someone with a, a bigger platform, but um, someone who has the power to change a lot of things and make a lot of things better. I mean, it means a lot for that person to look like me and to also sound like me. That's amazing. That's inspiring. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing all that you've shared today. And thank you for having the, the bravery and the the intelligence to be able to use your platform to run for mayor and good luck in your campaign. Thank you and good luck in continuing to use your voice and platform for whatever you want to use it for. Thank you and happy holidays. Happy holidays. Stay safe and stay well and stay masked. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye.